Hello guys and girls, welcome to episode 7 of Gestalten. My name is Eric. My name is Martin. And we are just back from holiday, sitting in uh, Martin's man cave over here. <laughs> yes, and holiday was much needed. Absolutely. Both of us. We are back. We're happy to be back as well. Yeah, most definitely. There's only so much time that you can sit on a California beach and roast. I'm shedding like a snake right now. <laughs> so with that picture in mind, <laughs> let's, let's just delve right into it. Um, there's been a lot of things going on, um, obviously, since we've been away. A lot of new cars unveiled. Um, but now that the kids are back in school, everybody's back at work, everybody's back from summer holiday, there's also been a hell of a lot of movement in the industry and a lot of new appointments. Yes, correct. And uh, I think the biggest one, I mean, we talked about this before uh, and there was a lot of speculation. Giles Taylor moved obviously away from Rolls Royce mm -hmm. and we now do know where he, where he went pretty much. And he has joined Chinese, uh, I think actually the biggest Chinese car company nowadays, mm -hmm. uh, FAW for their Hongxi brand, which is a uh, high luxury mm -hmm. brand. Uh, Probably if you are, you know, in the picture of Chinese car manufacturers, Hongxi is very well known for the President limousine, yep. the L5, uh, which is you know, just a massive kind of car if you've ever seen it live. Yep. They've shown a few concepts back in the day or like in the past year or so. And uh, Giles has joined them apparently as a VP design. And okay. uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see. I mean, you know, Technically, just in terms of where he comes from, couldn't mm -hmm. be a better appointment for Hongxi, so good for them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we really, really hope that he's going to have, uh, you know, all the freedom to really develop that brand. Um, that's yeah. going to be interesting to see. That is most definitely, yeah, that's crucial because um, obviously he spent quite a bit of time at Jaguar and then obviously Rolls-Royce, which is the pinnacle of luxury, um, as they say. And uh, I mean, you're very right. You know, it's uh, presidential limousines. I mean, these are there was a huge display, actually, of Hongxi vehicles yeah. in uh, Pebble Beach because they were celebrating um, over there. Uh, and it's a very stately brand, a very um, red flag. It is the the vehicle for, you know, the Communist Party, the Chinese yeah. And, um, you know, it's very much is the Chinese Rolls Royce. So it's, uh, it's a very good appointment for the brand for, you know, first automotive works, FAW, and also uh, for Giles in order to kind of spread his wings, so to speak. I mean, Indeed. it's not, you know, it's, this is a storied brand with a lot of history, but again, they're making a lot of moves. So it's very interesting to see that. And um, so, yeah, congratulations to, uh, to, to Giles Taylor. And, um, yeah, I really wish him the very best. The very best. And, uh, you know, we've heard he will be in Munich from time to time. And if we ever get him, get to talk to him, we will ask him about his plans and if he's happy to talk. But, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see uh, yes. what's going to happen with that. But more happens. Yeah, more stuff. And we have to, you have to say this. I mean, you know, a lot of you guys probably know a little bit about the car industry in China. Mm -hmm. After about a year since Pierre Leclerc left. That's right. Great Wall has a new design VP. Actually, Haval has a new design That's uh, right. VP. And yeah. uh, it is probably not as, uh, let's say, as flashy as we expected in terms of a name. Mm. Yes. Um, well, you know, the so the, the guy that went over was um, Simmons. Yeah. Uh, and he obviously has a lot of 
history with uh, with Land Rover. Yeah. He was there for 10 years. He left, went to join Ford for a while, came back and was initially only responsible as the studio um, director for Range Rover because at that time uh, Jerry McGovern, um, Land Rover design director, said that there really needed to be some space between uh, Land Rover products and Range Rover products that they really stood on their own and he wanted to differentiate that. Now, um, as as studio director, he then kind of moved into um, the role of basically overseeing everything, getting getting everything in order for not only Range Rover, but also uh, Land Rover products. So everything that we're seeing now from the Land Rover and Range Rover brand actually came through uh, at some point. In um, exterior, we have in to exterior, say. In exterior, right, in exterior. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting move for him to go over to Great Wall uh, Motors and indeed the Havel brand because the Havel brand is is brand new. I mean, you know, let's face it, in terms of automotive terms, this is a company that's five years old, you know, a brand that's five years old. And that was actually created, uh, ground up by Pierre Leclerc, who, uh, who now is over at Kia. But he laid all the foundations, laid all the groundwork, and it became an extremely successful brand. For the auto and maker. also in terms of let's let's put it into Chinese design, uh, very very good Chinese design for production models. Yes. I mean if you've ever been to Shanghai, Beijing, and you see one of those cars, they are actually quite nice. Mm. You know, so the uh, the footsteps for Phil, they're going to be quite big yep. to kind of deliver on that as well. Mm. Um, and of course, you know he he will have some work on his hands because a lot of people left Great Wall with you know after Pierre as well. Mm -hmm. um, so you know we keep our fingers crossed that he's going to get a team together mm -hmm. that can you know help him to fill those big footsteps because uh, that's that's certainly a very very big challenge that he's taking on there. Yeah, most definitely. Um, but you know, again, like you said, there's. There's a really good Haval is a has a really good reputation certainly yeah. in the Chinese market. They're expanding globally. They, I mean, they're it's a it's a massive seller in the Chinese market. But also, Great Wall is really investing heavily into SUVs, crossovers, and trucks yeah. with all these various different brands. And let's face it, right now that's what's selling. That's what people want. Exactly. And so um, as long as they can continue to keep that momentum going, um, continue to create appealing yeah. designs. And I think uh, it's a good move for him as well as for Great Wall. So. Yeah. And speaking of good moves, last but not least, yes, Seat has a new color and trim yes. design boss. Yes. And this is someone we both know a little bit. Or yeah, I, I know her well, a little bit. You know her quite, I, I know quite her, some I know time. Pretty well. Yeah. But I mean, um, we never thought she's going to leave Mercedes. No, she was there for a long. I mean, she lived and breathed Mercedes, right? Yeah. And she was at the. the so this Francesca Sangali. Um, it was Italian, born in Milan, was at Mercedes in Como for 16 years. Yeah. Um, so, you know, pretty, pretty long stay for anyone, especially these days for any one company. Um, but she did some very good things at Mercedes, um, particularly because the Como Design Studio is responsible for interiors. She was over there doing color and trim and it was, you know, project leader and all that. So yeah. she, she had some seniority within the company. But uh, as we know, you know, Mercedes is moving to Nice. Yeah. Um, so they're shuttering that studio and they're going to uh, be moving some of the uh, people over. But Francesca, so she's joined Seat. So yeah. uh, Alessandro, Alejandro Romanos, 
We apologize to Alejandro. Very nice man, by the way. But um, I mean, for for Francesca, I think it's a great move. Um, Seat is is making some some good moves as well, um, expanding. And you know, under the Volkswagen Group umbrella, they have a lot of resources, and they're really able to move things along. So, and they've um, also just just an ad, you know just to add on to that, they got uh, Anton Chemenkov who did the um, Open Wheeler Renault. Oh, last right. year yes so he joined i think like half a year ago or something okay. like that yeah. um so they they are making some good moves at the moment absolutely with some very very talented people yeah so the design team is the design team is going from strength to strength and uh, i've always admired uh, alejandro as well i think he's a, a great uh, design director and he's doing some good yeah. things over there for that brand indeed indeed but so we have all these guys moving now so their impact obviously we will see in a few years time mm. You know, it's going to take them a little bit. Some show cars probably come out a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. um, but you mentioned Pebble Beach earlier, and we will get to Pebble because you were actually there. Yeah, I was. I was um, there. It was a, a great, great time. But yeah, we'll get to that a little bit later because we should cover right now all of the... Well, not all because there's been quite a lot of new cars unveiled since we last did uh, the <laughs> podcast. Yeah, we want to we, we wanna use this as, you know, talking about the cars that were not presented at Pebble. Right. And we will be starting with the concept cars that were... Uh, presented outside Pebble, first of all, mm -hmm. uh, and we'll then move into the production cars. But let's talk, first of all, fresh out of the of the oven, pretty much yep. as of today, which yes. is Wednesday, uh, Volvo 360C concept, autonomous. Mm -hmm. uh, they, I think, described it as an official... Uh, airplane on wheels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when, when, you, when we saw the video from the product guys. Yeah. Um, what do you think of it? I think it's nice. Um, you know, as far as autonomous vehicles go, it's not just a box. Uh, obviously, the big story is the interior, which in this case is re reconfigurable in four different ways. And yeah, the big story and the kind of, I think it's just a line really to get people talking is to replace domestic travel because everybody knows, I mean, I, I do the domestic travel route. Um, now, it, nowadays, it's like taking a bus as yeah. a kid, you know, you get on a plane like nothing, but it's not really like nothing because you have to wait in line and then you have to sit and there's, there's delays and everything. So if you can actually replace domestic travel with an autonomous vehicle that can just take you to your destination in comfort, um, why not? But, you know, so that's just a, a good catchy story. At the end of the day, the vehicle as, as it is, um, you know, it's called the 360C. Uh, and it's it's really quite appealing from a, from a design perspective, um, you know, from an exterior perspective. And again, it's not just like a toaster, right? It doesn't look like a toaster on wheels. Um, and, you know, the interior design story and the reconfigurable, the four different uh, layout options that they present with like a VIP thing or a commuter mm. or, you know, uh, replacement indeed for domestic transport, I think is really very, very nice. It's well done. I disagree. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, we're all entitled. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's very simple. It's nothing new whatsoever. Hmm. Exterior looks like a student project. I'm sorry. Hmm. There's nothing new in there. The lighting is quite cool, I have to say. I, I, I like that lighting uh, teaser that came, you know, a couple of weeks before it. Um, but I remember just if you look back into student projects, it looks literally just like they took a student project they liked, uh, put it into a full-size... I'm talking exterior now, mm. yeah, uh, and you know, put a little some cool details with the lighting on there. Um, in my opinion, quite underwhelming. Nothing really new, and nothing really that makes it stand out as a, as a, as an autonomous car. Mm. Uh, to to be honest, 
Um, in terms of interior, I totally agree. I think that is great. I, I, I just, I personally like the Scandinavian style. So, mm. uh, I like the color and trim that they've shown. You know, I like the idea on how, you know, screens and stuff like that are integrated, um, from the very, very few things that we've seen. Um, I like that they use high quality products on it, you know, with Bowers and Wilkins, Wilkins for the, for the sound, for example. And mm. I, I really do, you know, do like that, but it's, it's just, Again, you mentioned it doesn't look like a box, but in the end, it is a box, you know. And it is, of course, yeah, Volvo for something a little bit more, you know, upscale in that sense, higher level, you know. Obviously, more probably guys that will be traveling business class, anyways, in an, mm. you know, in, a, in on a plane. Um, but yeah, it, it it's you know, it's okay to look at, but I've probably forgotten about it next week. Um, <laughs> And uh, that's that's probably the problem also with these kind of things happening at you know Pebble that there's cool cool concepts coming out and stuff. But mm. um, yeah, unfortunately for me, looking back into like the time you know literally and you know back to when Thomas England started, this is by far the weakest that they've done so far. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, like uh, everyone's entitled to their opinions. I think personally, it's it's a more youthful, more kind of sporting example, and it's miles ahead of the Cedric. Um, you know, oh, yeah. If we're talking autonomy, you know, and we're talking boxes, um, you know, something like uh, even like that massive Mercedes that they showed, you know, several yeah. years ago. I think it's it's better than that. Yeah. Um, but, but again, you know, we, we, we should say something in this kind of the, the kind of expectations we now have a Volvo. Quite. Yeah. Uh, much, much higher than, for example, what we're going to talk next, which is the Opel GTX. Yes. Experimental, mm-hmm. where we then say, obviously, Volvo is on the highest level at the moment. And, you know, we expect the best things coming out of there. So for me personally, this is just not anywhere close to that, especially when I, when we talk about concepts and I know it's a different kind of one, but you know, the, uh, the coupe concept that eventually became the Polestar. Mm. If I compared that and you know how that kind of had a great impact. And I remember that and I knew it was my wallpaper for, I don't know, (laughs) you know, pretty much a year because I liked, you know, Mm -hmm. what I saw again, I will have, you know, this will be gone in like a week. Right, unfortunately, but yeah, it'll probably be as forgetful as the Jaguar concept that I can't even remember. The oh, the one of. with the eyes. Oh, yeah, that's the bizarre. one that was. Uh, I mean, it, it wasn't an actual concept; it was a virtual concept, but it looked somewhat similar to that. Yeah, it was uh, very student project like. Yeah. But anyway, can't remember that, so it wasn't yeah, really that important. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but let's talk about Opal. Yeah, let's do that. Resurrection. Because, yeah. So this uh, GTX experience or experimental Experimental concept experimental concept everybody's talking about experience so experimental concept um basically it takes a lot of the themes from this concept car the gt concept that was unveiled uh what two years ago 2016 which was very very cool um and i like the themes the overall themes which it then kind of you know opal then moved into this suv style typology and i love that i think one of the things that I like, and it's fairly obvious, is and it's fairly unique as well, is this color band over the DLR, mm-hmm. over the DLO rather, and that runs over the fender. I mean, it's just a very identifiable design element and something that's really very nice. And they're kind of going back. It's 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 simple, um, it's sporty, but it's also quite a bit elegant, um, and so I quite like it. I think it's a I think it's a good move for Opal and something that's stands apart so yeah. yeah i do i do like that so um again we have, we have a disagreement day today and i'm really sorry for everybody um uh no this is terrible <laughs> um and I, and I explained to you why as well um 
I did love the GT concept. Mm. Fanta- I, this is a great, that was really, really great. And um, I love the details on it. It was just really well thought through. Apart from the wheels, they were horrible. Um, <laughs> but we talked about this before. Wheel design is something very mm. special at the moment. But um, the, the, the GT concept was great. Um, and I, to be very, very honest, I don't see a good enough development from Opal Design. Mm. And it's being kind of shown as this, oh, you know, this is now us as part of PSA and stuff like that. And when I see the front, if you see the lights, if you look into a Buick concept that came out last year, Mm. you know, they took a lot of that from an inspiration, which was obviously then still GM, you know. And yes, they did make it a little bit more playful, but it has this kind of producty touch. And if I want to have a product touch, I'm sorry, then, you know, look at the Honda. This is how you do a good product, car, mm. you know, product design car. Mm. Uh, the, you know, we're talking about the Honda Urban EV. Um, right. Right. Not the sports EV as much, but the Urban EV was fantastic. Yeah, I like that. Um, and I'm just, with all the teasers that came through, mm. you know, with all the expectations, with all the change, you know, and... Um, it was also announced as the, that the, the production level of a GTX or like, you know, the car that will follow based on the GTX will replace the Atom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, this is just no, like, you know, there, in, in, in the whole idea of where, where does it fit within PSA? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The Atom was a fantastic car. If someone, you know, if you've ever driven that kind of car in terms of, you know, everything that came along with it was absolutely perfect. I think if they would have gone into that kind of direction, uh, you know, fully electric, I would have said, whoa, happy days, fan, you know, really, really good. Um, but this is just, it, it, for me, it's not radical enough, to mm. be very honest. It, it doesn't really show why is this the new Opal. Right. And um, uh, again, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm putting this all into very, very high standards now because we see so many concepts, mm. you know, and you have to stand out to be really relevant in this one. And what you've mentioned with obviously like the details, Fair enough, but that's a color and trim theme. If put that onto like you know, if, what happens if this is all black on black, mm. you know, or if we see a clay, if we were to see a clay model that is really just dinocked in silver, does it really work that well? On the yeah, same level? well, I think what really makes it stand out is the details, and you know, I think if they do carry something like that through to production, it'll be a hell of a lot more successful than the Atom ever was. Yeah. Um, and you know, from a drivability perspective, perhaps I've never actually been behind the wheel of an Atom, so I wouldn't know. Um, but you know, from an aesthetic perspective, you know, when Adam came out, it was meant to compete with the mini and that fell short in many levels. So, um, I think it's a massive step forward from the ad, from the Opal Adam, but also I think if we look at, you know, what people are buying these days, I mean, there's SUVs galore, everybody all over the place. You know, I spoke to a designer earlier who was like, you know, if I ever do another SUV, you know, just shoot me. It's like, <laughs> they're tired of it, you know, and, but that's what sells. That's what people are buying. That's what people want. So that's yeah. what they're creating. You know, this is a business. So people are looking at ways to create something that is different. Yeah. And perhaps it's not, you know, look. Your, rel- your comments about it being Buick, I mean, look, most of those Buicks were designed at that Russell Times studio. And, that's, and that's, you're probably okay. using the same suppliers still. <laughs> so the lights, you know, that's a fair comment. Um, but it it's going to take a while before we see a differentiation between Opal products and Buick products because of that fact. Yeah, But it, it's literally that kind of fact for me. It was presented as this new face of mm. PSA-owned Opal, yes. you know? Right. So... I was expecting something that was completely getting rid of the GM kind of environment, even if it's on a concept. And it's called the experimental car or concept, you know. So show us experimental in terms of like how do you see yourself within the PSA background. 
And uh, that's why it just fell short for me. Uh, well, I think you got sold, and that might be the issue here, is that you got sold on the marketing jargon, see? Because experimental, Opel has always, since the 60s, created experimental cars. Yeah. So that was like a play on, you know, experimental. This is like the direction that we're going. And then you were led to these high expectations because it was a damn good marketing campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that might not be true, um, but again, you know, if if you're looking into this from an outsider's perspective, and mm. you know, it is that kind of point where I'm saying just like mm, I'm, I'm just not convinced. And but what you obviously mentioned, what is what is interesting is that you know the SUVs and all these kind of things, and uh, Opel already said that they want to come out with a production version uh, of. The GTX idea, mm -hmm. let's call it like that, mm -hmm. sometime around uh, 2021, 2022. Mm. Um, and, you know, the kind of idea and the question is, will we still be in an SUV area by then? Yeah, that's somewhere. Or like away. an era by then. Yeah. And we've seen certain kind of ways moving forward already. If we look into the Moscow show at the moment, we have mm. the Renault Arcana, which is a, what, like a SUV crossover? It's a, a pay crossover. Basically, I mean, just to, just to slice through the bullshit here, it's it's a crossover coupe, which is basically a Mercedes GLC or Mercedes GLE coupe. Yeah. Um, and that, again, is something that is massively appealing, you know, um, from a buying power perspective. Yeah. So people are looking for these types of cars that appear youthful and dynamic um, that have this kind of high ride height, um, you know, to give them a certain sense of power behind the wheel. But at the same time, they're not very practical cars at all because of the, the sloping backlight and all yeah, the rest. That's so, but, you know, that is the way that, that things are going. So this Arcana concept, you know, you're, it's probably not very far off from being a looks very production car. ready looks very production from what ready we, as from well. what we saw and will only be sold in uh, Russia and China I think or like mm. you know in in it will not be, well technically they said it will not be sold in any western country okay um so um which um yeah you know i mean i think a lot of people would actually buy that i mean the people that buy That's the true. GLE the GLC yeah. and stuff like that they would probably pick you know take that mm -hmm. if it's a little bit cheaper mm. um but uh, i would say a very pre pleasant surprise in that sense i i you know it looked all right, um, yeah. to be very, very honest. But we both did like the Lada. I love that car. Yeah. I mean, if you look at, you know, the history of, uh, of the company and you, you know, bringing it back to the Neva, right? The early days of little 4x4, really basic, bare bones. I think you and I both like these really We simple, talked about the Jimny last time. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Great. So, you know, I, I just love these kind of utilitarian vehicles. And um, I think that really... Uh, that ticks a box for me, that little Lada 4x4 vision. I wish they were a bit more kind of, um, you know, creative with the with the naming process of that <laughs> car because it's like kind of a rip-off BMW. But a lot of people are calling their concepts visions these days. Um, you know, Mazda did it as well. So it's... But I think from a design perspective, I think, you know, Steve Matten, formerly of Volvo, over there now um, for Autovaz, working on these types of vehicles and for Moscow... I think it's a really good interpretation. It's kind of like taking it back to when, um, you know, Jerry McGovern revealed this uh, Land Rover Defender concept, mm -hmm. you know, and that was just a, a huge flop. Whereas this is a modern interpretation. It strikes me as a really modern interpretation yeah. of the Lada Neva. Yeah. And um, obviously, they're still roaming around the roads. They're hugely, you know, um, durable vehicles and, and desirable as well, because those things go anywhere. Yeah, and... Uh, I the the thing about it is, I think I saw it, and it was still 
you saw it can be a ladder. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know exactly, it's like, oh, you know, that I'm not quite sure if I always like it. You know, there is this kind of a little bit just like, oh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. But there is something about it that just makes it unmistakably a ladder. Mm-hmm. And I think this is, um, for everything that we criticized about Volvo and about, you know, the, the Opal and stuff like that, this is really fundamentally great for me. Like, you know, you, you can see that, you know, they all understood and like with Steve as well. And when you talk with them, like, you know, he really understands the Russians. Like, you know, mm. he's, he's really in there. Yeah. Um, and we had some great chats with him and, you know, like, you know, he, he, he enjoys Russia. And I think you can see that in that, you know, that, that he, he knows that Lada is a fundamentally Russian company. So mm-hmm. he's not trying just to pretend to make it more international. He is really getting in there and it's like, okay, so it's a Russian company, so let's make it's let's keep it Russian, mm. but make it a forward thinking Russian company. You know, yeah. or like something that is new. And just because it's owned by Renault doesn't really mean that, you know, we have to Renaultize it in mm. that sense. And and that's the really what I really like about it. And um and so kudos to Steve, good uh, great job there. Yeah, yeah. I mean I particularly like the the exterior design, the surface treatments, the interior is modern as well. You know, I mean this is a concept car so we can't get all caught up on it, but I think you're right. They did kind of hit the the nail on the head in terms of what it is that is representative of the brand um from a modern perspective. Yeah. So yeah, I really quite like that. Cool. So let's get to the last concept one for everything non-pebble. Yeah. And we've only seen teasers so far, but we've, we've, we, we, oh, we, we talked a lot about that already. You, you see like, you know, Eric usually doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make those kind of sounds, but another BMW iNext vision concept. Yeah. I mean, and let's be very, very honest. This car is a kidney. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the dominating thing. It looks like a pig really from the front face. Now, you know, it's important to say that at this stage, you know, we've only seen that teaser video yes. that BMW's put out. We've only seen kind of some really darkened images. Um, maybe it'll look better once we see it in the real. I don't think so. I think they've gone a little bit too far. I think BMW, much as I like the brand, much as I like what they've done in the past, uh, what they stand for as well. I'm a BMW owner myself. Um, I think they've kind of lost the plot. They're kind of going way too kind of extreme. It's like it's lost so much of... I think like a luxury style, like a finesse, mm-hmm. you know, that BMW always had. It had this, even though, you know, even under Chris Bangle coming up with these, you know, strange things that people weren't entirely convinced, it still had an allure of sophistication and of desirability and yeah. I think of luxury. And and this, to me, is just kind of too, too balls out. I mean, it's like you look at it, like you said, from the front end, it's just these massive kind of, you know, it's just, it's, it's out, out of scale. I think yeah. it's, it's almost like a cartoonish type of yeah. vehicle. And it's, it's continuing the, the division dynamics of what they showed in, uh, in Frankfurt, in Frankfurt last, last year. year yes. And everybody was just like, why, what are you doing with the kidney? Mm. You know? And don't, I, just don't I, mess with it. Yeah, just, yeah. Do not mess with the kidney. You can play around with it a little bit, but what you're doing at the moment is you're putting it on steroids. Mm. And there's just no reason to do that. Um, you know, you look into the i3, you look into the i8, there's no reason to do that. They've, they've, they've managed to include the kidney very, very well in those cars. You know, mm-hmm. why would you want to do that? Why? Like, I, I just don't get it. It's, you know, you have so many fantastic designers mm-hmm. in this company, you know. Yeah. But I don't know if, you know, why those decisions are being made at the moment 
you know, and um, yeah, we um, I, to be very, very honest, like you know, we, we obviously criticize BMW quite a lot lately. Yeah, um, but I, I would like to say one thing because everything that we've seen from BMW um, was either M or um, uh, I or predated uh, Josef Kaban. Mm. And I want to see the first car that comes out of Kaban. Yes. For BMW. Mm-hmm. We still haven't seen that. Nope. He's been there for about a year now. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, October he started last yeah, year. Yeah. Um, and I am very excited for BMW and, you know, for this presentation of the first mm. Kaban car. I actually, I actually don't think he's been there quite a year because um, I think the announcement that he was joining was made, but then he didn't actually come on board until, say, November, December. I think he said because, October, November, yeah, something right, like that. When I yeah. saw him in Detroit last year, he was kind of, you know, still getting getting his bearings, you know. I mean, it's a new company for him, but at the same time, you're right. I don't think we've seen anything really come out that was purely done under his direction. These things take time, but I do hope that, you know, he's able to kind of move things along in a positive direction yes. that kind of comes back to, um, I'm not saying, you know, we should live in the past, right? But to move thing, to move this design language along where it's still reminiscent somewhat of yeah. a BMW. Um, it just, yeah, I mean, you know, we talk about Chinese car makers and some of these Chinese car makers are doing quite well, um, you know, in terms of, of pushing design elements and, and moving uh, a brand forward from a recognizable perspective. And BMW's had that and then it's like lost it. So, yeah, and it's unexplainably a shame. as it's well. A shame. Yeah, but um, but like another thing, and like, you know, we 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 finish this part off with the production cars. Yes, and I think we have to start with Mercedes. Yeah, I think we really have to start with Mercedes um, EQC, mm. Mercedes EQ, new sub brand. Yes, on the same level as AMG and uh, uh, Smart. Smart, right. Uh, to uh, to say that and let's say we had high hopes for that the concepts were actually quite good mm. uh, you know they 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 had a very very consistent uh, flow to them uh, mm. you knew that okay if they bring really if they be, if they're able to bring that to the market that's really cool yeah. uh, production model not that great yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced. I think it's um, you know far too much on the bland side. If I'm honest, um, I think they had uh, potential to really do something that kind of stood out a bit, and maybe that's not what they were going for because ultimately they didn't create that. Now mm-hmm. the first car under the EQ brand, I have no idea why it's called an EQC. It makes no sense to me. Um, I don't know what the reasoning is behind that. Maybe they'll come out with. You know, as they as they showed in the past, an EQA and EQB, yeah. etc. Um, so the C uh, being the first car that they came out with, obviously they've chosen a typology, a coupe, a crossover rather typology that is, um, you know, again very successful. And and with the EQ brand, it's a technology brand, and they're going after Tesla. There's no question about that. They want to come out with something that is. Um, going to compete head-on with, uh, you know, Elon Musk's products over there, um, Franz von Holzhausen's thing. Now, Teslas have never really sold on design. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not revolutionary. It's not, you know, um, even, you know, I would go as far as to say, you know, the interior, talk to some owners, particularly in California, got some friends that own Teslas, and they're not particularly fond of the fit and finish, the Mm -hmm. quality, and, and so on. Um, but again, they, they aren't abrasive. 
And that is exactly what this EQC is. It's not an abrasive product by far. Um, it was interesting, actually, that the reveal took place in Sweden. Yeah. In, in, and they were talking about all this Scandinavian luxury. I mean, you know, we, we kind of... Um, you know, you mentioned how you didn't like the the new car, but let's not deny that at the moment Volvo is the darling of the car. Oh, one hundred percent. Everybody loves Volvo, and obviously we mentioned the interior was great. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, Volvo's doing some great things, especially you know from a production standpoint. Um, you know, since Thomas, uh, Max, and Robin, you know, you know, they've really elevated the brand into premium status, and it's and it's doing quite well now. What was interesting with this reveal was that, you know, Mercedes was actually touting Scandinavian design qualities, <laughs> um, you know, and uh, it was it was hilarious to see, you know, Detter Zich out there mm -hmm. um, and and really just exposing the virtues, I think, well, um, of, you know, Scandinavian design and the purity of it and, you know, the fact that there's certain elements that kind of stand out and. Um, the interior is, is is the interior of that car is more, I think, appealing. Shall we say? I like than, that than actually. I, I have to agree. I like that interior. It's um, I know you know we have when we spoke about the interior of the uh, of the A class last, mm. you know, I think it was uh, you know two episodes ago or something right. like that, and we were not always very very happy with it. Mm. Uh, it was sometimes a bit old school and stuff like that. I think this is actually good, um, and I. From what I saw from videos and stuff, it seems very, very spacious. Mm. And I'm actually, um, uh, I, I think I'm actually quite happy with the interior. It's more just something for me where I'm personally saying the exterior is just, I was just expecting more, especially mm. the grill. Um, mm. It's just like, what, you're an electric car. Why do you need a grill? You know, well, and I mean, yeah. let's, let's be very, very honest. The biggest disappointment was the, the rear, which pretty much just looks like a Cayenne. Yeah, it is and very simple. everybody was just like, oh, really? Did you have to do that? <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, that's the thing with... Uh, right now, the biggest trend is to make, you know, uh, for a while, it was also, you know, the headlamps connecting with the grill and then having this kind of harmonious effect of the front end. And you're right, there, there is no real need for a grill in this vehicle. But in this instance, it's very much a stylistic element. Yeah. A car still needs a face. Um, you know, I, I, when I was in California, I saw a hell of a lot of Model 3s, and that thing just looks weird as anything. Um, and it's not because it's missing a grill per se, but that does have a lot of bearing to my overall kind of yeah. sentiment. Uh, just, just on that kind of note... Um but we saw that they can do something with the grill on the concepts. Mm. You know, they had these kind of cool blue elements in right. it and stuff yes. like that. And that's why I was really hoping for is that they obviously it was, you know, with some of the concepts on the EQ series, it was like a screen that was through just, just lit up and stuff. Mm. So I didn't expect, of course, that from the production model, but it showed some really, really good, um, you know, ideas, what they can, what they could do with a grill mm -hmm. and come, Compared to that, you know, and we saw a bunch of concepts coming through on the EQ series. So, and they had, a, they experimented a lot with the grill on each of them. So you thought they were, they would be figuring it out on the way and stuff like that. And, and I think this is what, what, what really got to me. It's just like, it seems like you didn't figure it out. You know, you just went back to the, to the old one mm. and uh, there was nothing for me that makes this stand out as an, really electric Mercedes. Mm. You know, when you see it from the front, it could be any kind of Mercedes. There was no clear kind of indication 
why is this different you know mm. can you give it actually the electric face that i that i would be hoping for something that is a new brand such as eq and They've shown that they can do it with smart, for example. Mm -hmm. They did it and they developed the face and everybody knows what it looks like now. Mm -hmm. And I think they missed a big shot here. I think yeah. they really, they, they've done a very, very good work on the interior and, uh, uh, you know, kudos to Hartmut Sinkwitz on doing that because I think he's, uh, you know, he's very, very consistent lately mm -hmm. in terms of developing things forward and like, you know, uh, bringing screens into play and all these things. So that's going really well. Um, but yeah, that, that exterior front is a, uh, is a big miss. I think, I mm. think they've, they've, they could have done that a little bit better. Well, you never know. I mean, you know, what I like about um, modern car design is that there's a lot of personalization options going yeah. on. There's a lot of things that manufacturers are offering in order to differentiate. Now, from, you know, just a basic typology and a basic form language overlooking that concept, you're right. It's not, it's not groundbreaking. But again, I don't think it has to be. I think to appeal to that demographic that are buying electric vehicles they're not really looking for something that's really going to be that different they don't want to stand out as much but at the same time i think that with technology moving at the rate that it is there is potential you know if uh, if the laws allow to really do some massive personalization in that yep. grill um, which could you know be very cool i mean for example the illuminated star not to everyone's taste some people find it a bit kitsch um, it will be available in some markets. So, you know, if you really want to shout, you know, Mercedes with a blue, you know, three-pointed star lit up, um, you know, that allows it. Uh, the rear end, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, it is very, very similar to what we've seen on the Cayenne yeah. with the two lamps on the side. But, you know, that, that kind of uh, light bar that connects both lamps is something that we've seen from Porsche to Audi. I mean... All, Every, Even to manu <laughs> every manufacturer is coming out with these, you know, full width, um, you know, uh, tail lamps. And, um, you know, it's very much on trend now. So to see them adopt that is really no surprise. Um, but yeah, it does look very similar yeah. to the and, Cayenne. There's you know, no we're, we're obviously, I mean, in the end, most of what we do is we talk about design as well. So we, we're looking for originality in the whole mm. thing. And this is, I think, always then the point of just like, you know, is it original? You can see where the inspiration is coming from. It's not necessarily criticism because we, we do follow trends. It's just mm. what we do. It's kind of a habit of what the, the human being does as well. Um, but, you know, when we analyze those kind of things, it's, it's you know, coming down to the point, it's nothing new, you know. Mm -hmm. It will probably sell quite all right, you know. Uh, but at the same time, there is room for improvement and we can say, you know, we can hope for a facelift at some point in the next few years. And on the other hand, uh, they mentioned that they're going to bring in some more, you know, cars on the EQ brand. So, yes. uh, you know, I'm very excited for something like A, B, mm. you know, A class, potentially B class. Yes. Uh, if something like that comes, mm. uh, that they, those kind of cars are pre, you know, predestined to be electric vehicles. Um, and then let's see if, you know, uh, how, how much higher they go um, yeah. in that regards. Yeah. Very interesting times indeed. Yeah. All right. So talking about Mercedes cars, mm. let's talk about Pebble Beach. Lovely California. Yes. Monterey. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, you said you were on holiday, but actually you were working. Yeah. How bit, was Pebble Beach? Bit of both. Bit of both. <laughs> you know? I mean, um, working in Pebble is not a bad thing. Uh, you know, it's always a great show. I always enjoy going out there. And, um, you know, the... EQ 
concept, um, the the Silver Arrow EQ Mercedes Benz. Let's see, Mercedes Benz EQ Silver Arrow concept. You vision vision. Sorry, <laughs> Jesus, man, these fucking names are so long. So the thing is. Um, the the best part about Pebble, obviously, there's all the the show cars, yeah. you know, all the guys out there, um, and you know Jay Leno putting on a show, and these these classic, you know, uh, trailer queens that cost millions and millions of dollars are are very nice to see. But what I really like is you know the forward thinking aspect of that show um, in terms of the concept car lawn, and this year there was a lot of cars on the concept car lawn. Um, but not all of them were concepts, so that's a bit <laughs> bit strange. But no, um, I mean we saw a lot of a lot of new product unveiled at Pebble mm-hmm. Beach, um, and one that we you know we're talking about the EQ Silver Arrow Vision was was nice. Um, you know, I mean it, it, it's reminiscent of a car from the 1920s. You know, a racer single seat racer concept. So obviously things like that are going to go down really well in, yeah. in, in, in Pebble Beach. I mean, it wasn't the only single-seater concept there. The thing that really threw me off about that car was the sheer size of it mm-hmm. because it's massive. I mean, it was sitting on the uh, on the lawn near uh, Bentley Mulsanne, and the thing is massive. Mm. I mean, it's almost like, you know, you could fit like uh, two G-classes into the footprint <laughs> of that thing. It was absolutely huge. And I just don't understand why you need a car that size. But, um, you know, I think... In terms of, so the the crux of the show really what what I think we should be discussing now is from from Pebble Beach, you know, you get this kind of notion of uh, vehicles and you know the future of vehicles, mm-hmm. you know, and you look at all these old cars, but then what will be on the concept car lawn in thirty years time or whatever? So the fact that there were so many single seat cars like. You know, the Silver Arrow, like the Infinity Prototype 10. Um, maybe manufacturers are kind of playing the long game and looking at into a future where, you know, the vehicle will very much be a luxury product. So, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, if, if we believe that autonomous vehicles are the future, as, yeah. as many automakers are, you know, making it appear, you know, how soon uh, will that future come? Who knows? But there's going to need to be uh, vehicle that the vehicles then they won't become privately owned, uh, you know, vehicles that are used for daily transport anymore. They're going to be vehicles like the infinity prototype 10, like the, uh, silver arrow concept from Mercedes Benz. Um, they're going to be pure luxury products that people are going to want to use on the track, um, on the weekend. And it's going to become like owning a a yacht, for example, you know, it's going to become very much a, a, a pro, a, a, an object, a product to use when, you know, you have some free time, if you have some cash to burn. And that's a bit, it's a bit sad, but other than that, you know, and the fact that there weren't like, for example, there was a a Maserati trophy, uh, Maserati Levante trophy on the concept lawn. There was a Lamborghini, um, what is it called? The L SVJ SVJ. Thank you. Yes. We're based on an Aventador. Um, you know, these cars are not concepts, you know, Lincoln aviator is, yeah. is not, you know, they're, they're like production cars, um, Rolls Royce Cullinan, but it's a good place to be in order to, you know, basically be seen by the people that are likely to buy your products in, in the future. Now there were 
a few highlights that were there. Obviously, Byton was there with uh, their SUV, you know, um, concepts they were there with of the both Byton cars one. Or just with no, one they were or? there with both. Okay. So they had the the little K Byte was mm -hmm. on the concept car alone, and I really like that. You know, I really the, like the the K Byte is the sedan. The sedan, yeah. yeah. And I, I think it's really very well done. Um, you know, it's uh, it, it's very appealing. But that was sitting next to the Rolls Royce Cullinan. So, you know, it's kind of like a sense of scale. You're like, whoa. Um, and then, you know, flanked on the other end by, I think it was the Lincoln Aviator, which is a smaller version yeah. of the Navigator, but still massive, right? Um, and then, obviously, there was um, Singer was there. You would expect him to be there with the DLS. Um, Genesis was there with, uh, with Essentia. the Essentia. And, and so, again, moving into that kind of luxury, you know, vehicle um, for the future... Um, so those cars, you know, the SUVs notwithstanding, there was um, Jason Castrota was there with his new uh, SSC, which if, uh, you know, I like Jason, I like what he's done with his own company. Now he's over at Ford. Um, but honestly, if it was my name, I would not have put it on the side of that car because the SSC, let's see, we first saw, saw that car in 2011. Um, it, which is in prototype guys. And this is a pre-production model mm -hmm. again, but design notwithstanding the surfacing, like the, 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 the entire kind of, the way that car was put together was just really shoddy work, you know, and you look at it, you know, the track, so just the execution, of the, the, execution of, of the actual thing was just really not the A pillars, like everything was just not well done. So let, let me, let me ask you the following thing. We're talking about the execution here compared to something such as the C2, mm -hmm. the front, you know, Carlos yes. Salav, former Mazda designer yes. who left Mazda in 2013, I think, uh, just, you know, set up yeah. his own shop pretty much. Mm -hmm. Uh, going to be doing three cars in total the c2 you know don't you know don't misunderstand it is actually the first car but it's going to be in the, in you know in the kind of series of three mm -hmm. it's what he mentions is the c2 yes um if obviously if you you know if you look around a little bit if you if you've been following him on instagram mm -hmm. facebook um you know linkedin twitter whatever yep. you saw that he did a lot of that you know oh, yeah. and uh, you know literally by hand him with a bunch of other people. Yeah. Um, if you compare that to the execution, you know, of the SSC, what, what do you say? It's, it's worlds, it's worlds apart, honestly. Um, you know, uh, Shelby supercars, which is SSC, which is Jason Castriota's design. I'm not mad at the design. I'm just really mad at the overall execution because I think they should have thrown a little bit more money into it, made it, you know, the, the wheels, for example, they just don't, you know, they're, the track isn't wide enough for the body of that car. So it looks really not not good. Now, if we compare it directly to Carlos's car, and you're right. I mean, he did all of the design work himself. He had, he built bucks himself. He had some external, you know, help, yeah. um, you know, people that helped him doing certain things like, you know, building the chassis and the frame and, you know, all of that, um, piecing it together. But, and beating the aluminum panels of that car, choosing an, the refinement on that one-off um, from Carlos Selaf uh, was am amazing. I mean, it was, and I, you're right. I mean, he has been publishing a lot of, you know, the, uh, the build process of that car, of the company and all of that. And I love the story behind it. I love the romanticism in it because yeah. it is really just one guy with a passion going after what it is that he wants. So for him to be at Pebble, you could see it in his face. He was just so You happy. saw it in his video as well where he was thanking everybody. And I yeah. think it was really, really genuine. And um, 
you know, no matter if you like the design of the car, mm. you know, he said it's coming from like, you know, the kind of 70s, 80s and yeah. like, you know, where, where everything was a little bit more geometrical, let's mm. put it like that. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just a sheer passion behind it. And I think, um, this was also something that we saw in Pebble in terms of the whole idea of the cars. Mm. Uh, you saw that some of them just didn't have the passion mm-hmm. or they were just like, you know, business as usual yep. in that sense. And for me, um, I liked the idea of single seaters. The only one that was really convincing for me was the infinity. Yep. Um, that was just, uh, the surfacing is beautiful. Yeah, very um, good. And, uh, you know, we, we know what Karim can do and mm-hmm. you know, Karim Habib, uh, this is kind of his first official outing. Yeah. Uh, we know that he had some, you know, things to say with the Q inspiration. That's right. Uh, you know, that was very, very little. Um, but the P10 is the first Karim Habib, you know, infinity and it is just plain gorgeous. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. He, he did, you know, touch the Q uh, inspiration when that car that was unveiled in Detroit, but he came in pretty late in the game. But yeah. he did have some influence, yeah. you know. Quite but it was not. It was, it's not a car in Cup. Yeah, it wasn't entirely <laughs> like uh, like the the prototype ten. And the prototype ten, um, you know, if if that speaks to the overall form language for Infinities moving forward, like you know, chapeau because these guys are doing that was brilliantly done, very very well yeah. executed, um, you know. And even if we uh, talk about like, uh, well, to use a Mazda term, I think it's Jabba Ite, which mm-hmm. is horse and rider. Um, the single seat concepts um, may not be kind of something that is going to go into production next next week or whatever. But um, that whole notion of the romantic horse and rider car, um, you know, car and driver is is really very very well represented in in that vehicle and it's electric as well and i mean all of the design elements i think were in really very very harmonious but yeah. also it communicated uh, a sense of you know modern purity yeah. not sensual purity modern purity yeah. in that you know it's using uh, an electric power plant so therefore it needs some cooling so therefore it has these really sculptural air vents you know strategically placed and um, in all the places that they need to be but they look very well very yeah. good and very well integrated and I, I really did like that car very much now um, I also really liked the the Essentia concept because that just honestly that's just like that car is 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 gorgeous from multiple different perspectives yeah. if you talk about you know from an enthusiast perspective from a romanticism yeah. perspective from a uh, battery placement perspective yeah. i mean the whole notion of that car is we've just, been you know, drooling over that for such a long time and <laughs> it will literally it won't stop it is it, it, but this is like you know what they both have in common is like mm. i mean we both um we kind of want both of those kind of companies to really move into that direction. Mm-hmm. You know, that was always the problem with infinity. I mean, you know, a lot of people were saying like, Oh yeah, but infinity is always doing great. Um, uh, you know, concept, great course. concepts. Exactly. But really pushing that towards production has always been an, an issue for them. So I'm, I'm really hoping that they can do that, you know, at least, you know, bring some of it in or like, you know, some, some, especially parts of the front, they were just absolutely mm. gorgeous. Um, and, uh, you know, we mentioned before there are rumors, uh, and their rumors getting stronger and stronger that, uh, Genesis will actually work on the, 
on the Essentia on a production level. Mm -hmm. um, most of these rumors come out of Korea, of course. Um, uh, touch wood, if this would really happen, I mean, that would be absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, but I also want to say something in, in, in terms of observation from Pebble. Um, it seems like some of the companies just can't, you just can't let go of the aggressiveness. And I would like to just put in the, the, the Audi what, mm. P18 e-tron or whatever That's it's called. Right. Yep. Uh, which, I mean, I've said this before, I want Audi, you just like, just stop being so aggressive. In, it, not aggressive in a, mm. on a personal level, of course, but in your design language, mm. you know? And this is, again, representing to me, you know, just kind of problems at Audi at the moment. And we, we know that, you know, Gaël Buzyn, uh, the car was obviously developed in California, mm -hmm. you know, I think by an all French team, uh, <laughs> by an all French team, which doesn't have to have to be something bad, um, uh, to be very, very honest, because, you know, French designers are usually on a very good level, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, modelers as well, uh, from discussing last time. But this is like, I don't know. This is for me something, it's irrelevant. It doesn't fit really what Audi is doing at the moment. Mm. If I compare it to a single seater, I'm not the biggest fan of the silver arrow concept, but, that's a good single seater. I can see that. You know, I like that originality where it comes from. Do I like how the, you know, how they interpreted that old car into the new one? Probably not. Mm. But I can, under, you know, I can really see, okay, where is this coming from? But on the Audi one, especially when we talk single seater and compare it to uh, the Infinity, no, thank you. The only thing that was really interesting was uh, how they integrated, you know, some of the racing mm -hmm. ideas with UI and UX. That was actually quite cool. And, mm. you know, I, I did enjoy that. But when we talk about traditional interior, uh, exterior, no, mm. it's not my, not my cup, of, yeah. cup of tea. Well, you know, I think if we're looking at something that could potentially go into production, it's quite a bit more practical to have that you know, um, hatchback style vehicle. Now, <clears throat> the exterior wasn't everybody's cup of tea. Um, I mean, it's, it's a nice car. What is it beautiful? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as to say it was beautiful for sure. But then I did really like the interior and the way that the seat could move from one side to another, um, into the center position rather so that the driver could be in that optimal position for track driving. And then, you know, you could move it out of the way in order to make it again more practical and have a passenger seat and all of that um, on the side. So that, you know, could it be a potential future for vehicle? I don't know. Uh, I don't know how realistic it is to kind of assume that something like that would come into play. But again, it's it's very much the single seat inspiration, the race car concept and, you know, Bugatti Devo yeah. being there and all of all of these, you know, just like hyped up supercars or sports cars. And that's very much what um, Pebble Beach anyway, this year was was about, you know, it wasn't yeah. about sometimes it's about luxury. I mean, of course, uh, you know, Cullinan was there and all of that. But uh, Porsche Mission E was there as well. Um, you know, BMW was there with the eight, the M8, yeah. um, you know, so there was a lot of, and, you know, Bentley and, and all that, but there was a lot of luxury, but then I think the over, the dominant kind of trend for this year's Pebble was the single seat race cars. Yeah. And that's why I was talking about like luxury and the future of uh, vehicle and, yeah. you know, the, the future for design is kind of creating these one-off like personalized 
private vehicles that are going to be used on track days yeah. and things like that, like pure luxury objects, like, you know, objects for fun. Yeah. Um, and so this year, you know, it was very much, it was very much that. Yeah. Um, there's not all that much else to kind of there's discuss. One, there's one we forgot. Oh, what was that? Which you just mentioned, actually, which was the Bugatti Devo. Oh, yeah, right. So to tell the people, Bugatti Devo, same platform as the Chiron. Absolutely identical. Interior, absolutely identical. I think from very, very tiny bits and pieces. But the exterior, quite different. Yeah, well, different uh, elementally. So, you know, different headlamps, a different treatment kind of from a colorway perspective mm -hmm. to the body side. But nothing like overly... I mean... The, and the rear ends, the lights are very symbolic, uh, very um, similar to what we saw on uh, Aston Martins, uh, you know, back in the day, um, like a few concepts, or, or a few uh, motor shows ago for that concept. Uh, I can't remember which one it was. No, it was like that um, track day Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah. It was the concept car for that with the little lights sticking out. And so it's, it's very graphic. Yeah. Um, that car is all about graphics. Yeah. And um, the representative, the, 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 the way that, Lighter weight, because um, that's that's all it is. Lighter weight, a bit more power, and fewer cars, yeah. all of which are spoken for. Um, the way that was kind of represented was just by changing certain graphical elements on a Chiron. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just kind of boggles the mind because it's not cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, okay, let's let's be let's be very very honest because I want to play a game with you in just a second, but. If you have a Chiron and you have the Devo next to each other, and let's say money's not an, an, uh, a problem, mm. which one are you going to get? Oh, I'll get the Devo for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's more exclusive, right? Even though the Chiron is very exclusive. I mean, that's the thing, right? Exclusivity trumps. That's yeah. it. I mean, you know, if you've got one of 63, which is what, so for like, you know, in to compare another VW Group product, um, you know, Volkswagen or, or sorry, Lamborghini uh, with the um, SVJ, the SVJ uh, you know, <laughs> they're saying that they're putting out 63 limited edition, um, you know, uh, models. That's not true. Like initially they're going to put out 63 and then and those we'll see 63 what happens. will have a nice painted 63, um, you know, logo on it, um, which you can actually have removed if yeah. you don't want it there. But it will still have the plaque on the IP, but ultimately they're going to build a hell of a lot more than just 63. So it's just like, a, it's all marketing, right? It's yeah. all just like a gimmick. Um, so, but it's all about personalization. Yeah. And so, you know, the exclusivity factor of saying or having a SVJ with a little 63 painted on the, on the hood or, uh, you know, in the rear, um, in the rear fender, it's like, You can just kind of walk around with your head up high thinking, you know, you've got one of 63. And the Chiron, and indeed the Devo to a greater extent, is even more yeah. like, you know, saying, I've got one of only 25. I think it's 25. I'm not sure. I, think, anyway, I, 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 I have something 25 in my yeah. back, but yeah. Well, right. 25, let's say 25. Okay. So <laughs> I, I mentioned I want to play a game. And um, I want you to honest. You know, to answer honestly on this mm -hmm. one. And we're going to do Pebble Only 2018. First of all, your top three. Mm -hmm. And we're going from three to one. Yeah, so three is the bronze medal. Okay, silver is the second. Gotcha. The, the, uh, you know, second is silver and, you know, first is gold. And we're also going to do the flop three. 
Mm. You know, and the fluff we're going to get to later, but let's start off with uh, the Eric Galina Pebble Beach Award bronze medal 2018. All right. Uh, bronze medal. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, that's 10. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to go Mercedes actually on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go Mercedes because even though it was a massive thing, um, I still really liked the canopy, yeah. um, you know, and I, I, I didn't think that it paid any kind of, uh, that it was a good homage to, you know, W125 yeah. or whatever it was. Um, I, I, but I do still like kind of that whole kind of aviation inspired, yeah. you know, huge like wheels. I mean, those things must have been like 40 inch wheels. on yeah. it. <laughs> And if you scale it down, I think if you scale it down a bit more, I really like um, the, the, you know, the surface treatment and the overall volumes. And I liked the execution of that car, yeah. um, but it scaled down, like sh shrink it, like, you know, yeah. by two. Cool. Um, then I think I'm going to go. So run up silver medal. I'm going to go silver medal for the infinity because okay. it's, it's really, really nice. Now, it, this is kind of a toss up because, you know, obviously the essential is a bit different And it's something that we've seen before, but it's something that I really, really love. So I'm going to put that up on the top. Um, so congratulations to Sasha. Yeah, because I really... Sami, uh, Sami, I mean, Gigi, and everybody was involved in the whole thing. The thing about that car, <laughs> very, very big congratulations to those guys. But the thing about that car is I spent quite a bit of time just ogling that car. Yeah. And you can look at it from various different angles And you'll still do like another round because there's so much, so many little intricacies, so many little details, so many things that just kind of reveal themselves yeah. to you. And you're always kind of soaking things up. And I love that about it. You yeah. know, it's like little things that, oh, oh, I didn't see that. And like, wow, this is amazing, you know, and like, so that was really something. And to see it under natural light as well, that's another thing about Pebble. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's head and shoulders above a traditional motor show because you don't have to deal with, you know, fake lighting or unlit stands yeah. or whatever. It's like natural light, generally overcast, you know, in Monterey, the, the, the cloud cover doesn't burn off until about midday. So you've got just perfect lighting where you can see, you know, reflections off of yeah. bodywork. And it's just absolutely amazing. So yeah. I think it's going to go that way, though. I did really, really like the, the infinity. And I think, you know, If they can move something into that general direction um, from from a form language perspective, from a surfacing perspective, and also like detailing, um, because that red steering wheel was like bang on, yeah. um, I think it, they're really onto something. Yeah. And uh, you know, I liked the Q inspiration, but this is another yeah. kind of notch yeah. step All right. above. So we we have we have the winner. Yeah. And so I mentioned the flop three, but I'm not going to ask you to rank them. <laughs> yeah. um, I just, I just want you, you know, I, I just want you to name the three cars where you were either disappointed, that weren't up to the level that you expected, that you were mm. hoping. Mm. Um, which doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad designs. Yeah. You know, uh, I, you know, it's it's more about the fact, just like you know, were they up to the standard that we expect on something like that? Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, or maybe there was some disappointment with you know something that you just didn't like about them. So yeah. uh, no particular order. Just hit me with your first one. 
Um, the first one has got to be mentioned, the SSC, just because of the overall execution of yeah. that car. It was appalling, and I feel bad for Jason because I know he did some good work, but um, overall it was just a, not a nice thing to look at, and cool. it, it's a shame. All right, second one? Uh, Hennessy Venom. Um, oh, okay. You know, Hennessy, like, you know, it, they could have done better. I mean, you know, it's... To me, it's just not, it doesn't strike me as something that is at all kind of moving the game on from a supercar perspective. That's the F5, yeah? It's not F5, the, the G, yeah. Yeah, the F5 yeah, is the, the new F5. one, yeah. And uh, I didn't actually get into the interior. I don't even know. Oh, there was no one. interior. Okay, there was no interior. Because I just kind of walked by that car and I was like, well, you know, it's um, it's a hell of a statement, whether it's a statement I'm willing to make, mm. uh, not so much. Um you know, I'd I'd much rather be seen in in a in a W Motors veneer, for yeah. example. I I love the way those doors open. As well, <laughs> hell of a sense of occasion with that car. Um, so, and then number three, let's see. Um, that's uh, that's going to be a toss up. See, because there's so many cars that are that had no real reason to be on that stand. Um, Give on, me the one on where, you, where you literally just think it's just like not in the sense of oh you, there's no reason for them to be here, yeah. uh, but literally from a perspective just like underwhelming. Hmm. Let's see. Let me see. What what else was there? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, McLaren was there with their 600 LT, and you know, they probably should have put a Senna on the stands because uh, the 600 LT is like, yeah, it's all right, but it's not. Now that we've seen what McLaren can do in terms of like, um, you know, some of these uh, just amazing vehicles that have been unveiled in recent times and then the Senna as well, not to everybody's taste, but I think, you know, from a supercar's perspective, um, that is something that probably should have been on the supercar lawn. The 600 LT, I don't know, it's just... um, it's a bit staid, I think. Um, it's not like the uh, uh, the more recent, yeah. um, you know, uh, vehicles that have come out of that studio under, you know, Robert Melville. And um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw it out there and say, you know, that was six hundred LT. Yeah, just not like you know. I like McLarens, yeah. you know, but uh, that yeah, you know. All right, cool. So we have a winner. And we have something to announce about the winner. Oh, yeah. We have a winner in another thing. Yeah. So it's not, we're not talking about Pebble anymore. <laughs> no, we're not talking now about Martin Pebble Martin has anymore. a very special announcement. Yes, we, we do have an announcement um, because we, uh, uh, we bumped into actually Sasha Silipanov a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh, and shout out to him and the, the whole Genesis team. And um, we had this kind of idea in the back of our minds here at Concept House with, uh, with you know, pretty much with the whole team. Mm. Um, and we asked Sasha to sign two copies, like, you know, full-size uh, posters. Mm-hmm. Uh, not full-size of the car, but posters nope. like these over here. Bigger than this, actually. Uh, yeah, actually a little bit bigger. <laughs> uh, and we asked the whole team, uh, including some of the modelers, actually, to sign those posters. Mm-hmm. And what we're going to do is we're going to include a link into the description, onto YouTube, onto our you know social media channels, and everything that you can pretty much imagine. And we're going to we're going to put up these posters uh, for charity. Yeah. Yeah. So for auction for a charity, uh, which is one down here in Munich, uh, which is uh, pretty much a Make a Wish Foundation, you know, based here in Germany. Uh, it's going to be for the kids. Um, and uh, we would obviously be very, very happy if all of you, you know, would join in on that one. Uh, all the profits and all the proceeds will be going into, uh, will be going into this kind of, 
you know, into this kind of charity. And we actually have two posters. They're all originally signed by uh, Sasha, Samir, Gigi. Um, we have... Uh, do, 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 do. Who else was in there? So, uh, we had... Um, Arseny is in there. Yes. The, well, the entire team. The entire the team. Entire the team. entire team. Uh, including some of the modelers, as mentioned. Yes. Uh, and all the proceeds, as mentioned, will go to uh, the Germans. will, you know, yeah, we'll pronounce this in German now. Herzenswünsche e.V. And uh, we would be very, very happy if you guys would join us on this kind of auction. Yeah. So we're going to raffle cause. it off. And it's all going yeah. to a good cause. Um, and like Martin said, we're going to put the links down and in places that you can find them. And Exactly. Start bidding. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Go high. Uh, you know, the kids will uh, uh, will be very, very happy. Indeed. In it's that. all going to a very good cause. So Exactly. And uh, last but not least, we are currently quite busy, I have to say. Oh, yeah. Man, this is very... Um, so there's so many things going on, but obviously, you know, going back to Francesca Sangali, interiors is massive. So we're talking like... In terms of positions that I'm currently recruiting for and we're looking for, um, there's never a shortage of UI and UX, like qualified candidates that know something about um, user interface and user experience. Yeah. I think we can we can even say everything has to do with interiors. At the anything, moment. anything with interiors. Color yes. and trim. Color and trim, huge. Yeah, yeah. interior design Absolutely. from... Uh, you know, from let's say an experienced level, people you know, like guys with up to like little girls with three, four years of experience, mm -hmm. very interesting for us at the moment. Yeah. Uh, UI UX, as you mentioned, and also I would like to add, we have actually um, for you know a little bit of the more experienced listeners and uh, and viewers, we have a bunch of management positions. Mm. You know, design manager, exterior, interior, mm -hmm. chief designer positions, a couple. Mm. So um, you know, if you if you are interested. And if you have experience, preferably with, uh, you know, let's say some European OEMs mm -hmm. in that sense, or like, you know, Western OEMs, even though we would very much consider, you know, guys with China experience, whereas, uh, you know, some of them would be very, very interesting for us. Mm -hmm. uh, please do contact us. Yeah, There's a lot of work definitely. coming up in that sense. And, um, you know, that was that was pretty much it for today. It's been mm. a little bit longer than last time, but... Well, we, we had a lot to catch up on. And we yeah. went on holiday. We haven't seen you each other in a little while. So yeah, always, I missed you, know. you as well. <laughs> <laughs> I missed you too. Oh, there's one thing that I really wanted to mention now. It's Martin's birthday today. Oh, yes. <laughs> and uh, he's gotten a couple of wishes, but I needed to highlight that. Oh, thank you very much. I didn't get him anything. He thank came you. back from Japan with a little mug and everything. I didn't get him anything. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that is not quite true. We, you know, I, I had a little bit of a... I, I obviously, I got a, I got a present from the team and Eric is part of the team. So yes, yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. Um, but um, Martin's getting old now so you know he's got a little white hair is going yay <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that so happy happy birthday to Martin. thank you very much and um on that note i think uh we'll just kind of wrap it up and see one another let's see in a few weeks time so just before the paris motor show where we should have a little bit more information as to what it is that is going to be revealed there, because as we yep. mentioned, there's a lot of manufacturers that are sitting out. But nonetheless, there will probably be quite a lot of things on show regardless, even if <laughs> half the automakers are staying home. <laughs> so, um, yeah. We will be there. We will be talking to a few people as well. We'll be there. So if you are there, you know, hit us up. Uh, you know, want, maybe we want to meet up, have a coffee or whatever. But... Um, we'll definitely be roaming the halls. So if you see us and recognize yep. us and just want to give us a quick wave, by all means. 
do that. And um, we will hear, or you will hear from us. Yeah. And you will see from us. We'll see you in episode eight. Episode eight. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye.